Hey everybody, Hunter here. Just wanted to check in with you folks and let you know that the previous episode, we had talked about an upcoming HHN crossover that we were doing with Grim Grinning Hosts, HHN 365, and RIP Tour, where all of us were getting together to talk about our special moments at HHN. And I'm here to let you know that episode is now available. So if you missed that, let me tell you what you are getting involved with. I started something a few days ago, which is called Helping Haunts. I put it together with a few friends of mine, of course, the Catacombs of Halloween Horror Nights team, and the other podcasts I mentioned, of course, Shelby and so many other collaborators. We're all together to do Helping Haunts in an effort to raise money for the Minnesota Freedom Fund. And this is in direct relation to the unjust death of George Floyd and in full support of the Black Lives Matter movement. So we've all gotten together. We've recorded that episode for you all. If you've already donated, I want to thank you all so much. We have raised almost, we are like right at $2,500 for MFF and that's incredible that's awesome we genuinely appreciate it so much and we couldn't have done it without you guys so here if you haven't donated yet or maybe you wanted to have the episode available before you committed or or anything like that here is a preview of that episode the full Helping Haunts crossover is right at two hours long So what I have done, I have cut out a segment that features Matt and Quint, because, you know, they are the originators of the Catacombs of Halloween Horror Nights, for you all to enjoy. It's about a little over 10 minutes or so, and I hope that you enjoy this small piece of the Helping Haunts crossover. And once again, if you need or have not heard how you can get this full episode All it requires is a donation on our site on neozaz.com. If you go there, you will see the Helping Haunts tab. Additionally, you can go to neozaz.com, Helping Haunts, and you can access it there as well. But for now, thank you all so much for listening. We hope you enjoy this brief clip, and thank you all so much for what you've done. Thank you so much, and have a wonderful day. The community, I guess. Mm-hmm. So, so those are the two aspects that okay. I took. And for what made me a fan of the event and cemented my fandom of the event, I would have to say this was one of those things where we saw each other across a smoky street and <laughs> it was love at first sight. Because as soon as I walked into my first scare zone and saw a burning car, I was I was hooked. It was literally love at first sight. It was like, this, this, this is fucking amazing. I never want to not do this again. Yeah, and that was the first thing, like that that same concept. That was like the first thing I thought of too. And I and I, it sounds I don't know if it's cliche. I, I'm going to say it's not original to say like my really my first walk into the event is is really all it took. And mm-hmm. I mean, I went back in Halloween Hard Nights nine, and I'd known about it for a year or two. I think that's maybe how many seasons I lived in Florida. I somehow never even heard of the first seven years before me moving to Florida, but I heard about it and I had always had grown up with places that built haunts for, you know, two or three weeks and they were cool, but they were always looked like they were built to only last for two or three weeks. And I'm like, even though I know mm. this is a theme park, this is only going on for October back, back, back in the day. I was like, how good can they be? And then when you're right, when you cross that, 
turnstile after they scan your ticket it's it's a whole new world and that's that's all it took too and i and that is a story that's probably been said a million times yep but it's true and it yeah it sounds boring it sounds the same as everyone else's and it probably is a lot the same as everyone else's because it's just the event just has that immediate impact on you yeah i think as far as an important uh moment which is i think a word he used in that this will sound cheesy too considering the show and and you and i having done it and all the other stuff we've done around halloween horror nights but i think probably one of the most important times for me was up until halloween horror nights 21 me and me and my wife had gone and she's she doesn't dislike it but she's not the fan i am and when it kind of out what was the word you want to, when she out, outgrew the event when she just didn't want to go anymore i would go by myself and i would go multiple times and i never want to say i felt alone it's impossible to feel alone with thirty thousand other people in front of and behind you but i always felt right. like that was something that i did and it didn't bother me at all it's just like okay halloween's around this is the season i go out and have fun doing this alone and that that was it then when you were here during one of the runs in 21 and you went, it was a whole new world. And I realized I, even though I was doing it alone and that's what I had gotten accustomed to doing, this was something that I didn't need to do alone because I'm going to be able to find people that enjoy it more than my wife did. And even if it was you just coming down once a year or inviting other friends and introducing it to them too, it was, it was an important time to start going and enjoying it with other people it's time to leave this being my thing in my i was it was always star wars and halloween horror nights was like my thing with my group of friends they'd ask me you know how it was but they didn't really didn't really have any interest in it and i'd tell them to Mm. or tell them about it but realizing going with someone that was loving it as much as i was was an eye-opener and that wasn't a very very important event because it also led to us doing the show it also led to us meeting everybody that is on this special right now and a ton of other people, people listening, people that from all aspects of the theme park and the event. And had I not taken you that night, chances are we wouldn't be sitting here right now doing what we're doing. So that was a pretty important night. Yeah. And I think for me, the, what, what cemented my, my love for the fandom and, and, being a part of the fandom, I think that was the interview that we did with Shelby. I think at that point, it was really like, holy crap, we're actually part of this this whole group of people that, that loves all this stuff and her doing the artwork for uh, Vamp 55 at the time and all of that stuff that just rolled up to to that interview. I think that was the first time I really understood how much of, of a part of the community we got to be. Yeah. It's funny because my community story has a Shelby angle to it as well. Well, that doesn't actually surprise <laughs> me because, well, it's Shelby. Yeah. Sort of. It's not as direct. It's, uh, maybe maybe not as direct. Um, actually, I have two moments. I, I'm going to say the, the first one, the non-Shelby one, I think was the first time. And again, hearkening back to me being the Halloween Horror Nights person in my group of friends at the time, which was very different than my Halloween Horror Nights friends now. They'd ask me what like the best house was, and they were only asking because they wanted to go and make sure they do that and skip the rest. They didn't really care why I liked it. They just wanted to know what it was. 
the very first time someone asked me what my favorite house was that I had met through the show or through a mutual friend or someone in the community, and that led to a discussion of that house. I was like, wow, this is a very different conversation I ever had, and this person actually wants to know what I thought of it, and I'm very curious of what their response is going to be. That was another changing uh, a moment of change, talking to someone that loved it as much and had a, as vested of an interest of it being the best thing it could be, which most of the community does. But the big community yeah. moment was the very first time I met Shelby face to face. We had interviewed her. We had kept in touch. We all kept in touch after we met her. We became pretty much instant friends after that interview. But the very first night I went to Halloween Horror Nights with her, uh, first thing we did, well, first thing we did was meet at Shea Alcatraz and drink. But the second thing we did was <laughs> we went to Bill and Ted and right when Bill and Ted was over, I got a message and I had to leave and all like from 3 PM till we went into Bill and Ted, we'd been texting and posting and, and on Twitter and people were expecting to meet up as we didn't arrange anything. We just saw people said, Oh, I'd love to say hi. Where are you going next? And we were kind of keeping people in touch of, or intending to keep people in touch with what we were doing. Well, I had to leave, and on the way out, I had said, I had responded to that thread and said, oh, sorry, I got to go. Uh, I had to leave for an emergency, be back, whatever the next night was. And I just used, I mean, it was kind of an emergency. In the end, it was all okay, but it was. It was a surprise. It was something I had to go attend to, so that's the definition of an emergency. By the time I got in my car and drove to where I needed to be and settled everything down, I had a fair amount of messages on Twitter, from people making sure everything was okay. And the weird thing about it was is that they were people that I knew but had not met, if that makes sense. Yep. Yes, because you get to know all these people through the community, through our love of HHN, but I had yet to meet them. And they were genuinely concerned that everything was okay. And right then and there, I knew I was like, I was just not a guy that put a a two-hour podcast out a week um half drunk by the time he's done it's it's like people would but i had been making friends hadn't met them yet have met them since and that's when i really felt part of the community which was um something that's not easy for me because i always no matter how much i work on something i always tend to feel like there's there's just this little bit of outside outsideishness going on towards me but that night i did not feel that at all very cool yeah, I mean, it's it's this community has this community has its ups and downs, and it has, but for the most part, um, at least the people that I've interacted with, and I've I've tried to stay with people that I want to interact with for the most part. It's it's been very very positive for me, and it's been mostly a delight to 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 interact with all of the people in this community. Oh yeah, so I do. It would be. Difficult. I, I don't want to talk about this from any kind of um, bragging standpoint, but I do want to talk about this because it was a milestone for the show uh, and another important part. And not only, I mean, a community part, but an acknowledgement by, I, I used to say, you know, by Halloween Horror Nights themselves. And you had actually just uh, brought this up. We we're going through our list, but it is the opportunities. And I, we'll talk about the first one to record on site at the broadcast studio in universal studios. That was an incredibly, I mean, I guess it's an important moment. I did, like I said, I, I I'm kind of forcing humble bragging here, but it, it was, it was a pretty big deal for me. And I think, I think you agree. It was a huge deal for me. Um, I think being, um, being in that, that 
setting where you're actually in a real recording studio and you've you know you've got all of this professional equipment you've got guys that are taking care of the recording you've got you know people that are bringing water and and all this stuff and you're in this professional setting and it's like wow you know we we started out with a couple of mics (laughs) and and some shitty recording equipment and this is how far we've come and, and we're finally we're doing this and i think yeah, it was just it was very humbling uh, yeah. to to finally have gotten to a point where, wow, we're we're in a real professional studio <laughs> doing our podcast. And right? I'm like looking for where's the stuff I have to adjust everything. And it's like, no, this this <laughs> man here no. is specifically doing it for you. I'm like, what? Get out. Yeah. That's yeah. that's not what happens in podcasting. And and it was like and literally we we wrapped up, uh, we we said our thank yous to I think it was Mike. It was we Mike, yeah, which made it time. a lot easier too because um, I mean Mike and I have a have a history. It makes it sound like we're adversaries. That's not what I mean. But mm. I mean, I've known Mike for a very long time, and he was our first interview. So you've you kind of gotten the first. Uh, I guess it wasn't face to face because but you had the, the first interaction with him out of the way like a year yeah. ago before that. So what, I'm not saying it's old hat, but at least you got, there's a comfortability, which made the entire mm-hmm. process even easier for us. Mm-hmm. And, and he, he's always such a, a gracious host. Too, yes, so yeah. uh, that, that makes it really easy. And, and by the time we'd finished uh, saying our goodbyes and, and doing our thank you round and all that stuff, the, the guy from the back the, that's running all the equipment just hands you a USB key and it's yeah. like, there's your files. It's like, <laughs> wow. Yep. Okay. Like this is, yeah. I, th- I agree. I think that was it. It was a uh, a big moment for us and a big moment for the show. Yep. That actually, you know what? I am going to tell a funny story. I want to try to get at least one funny story in here, other than our usual jokes. And you just reminded <laughs> me of it. It was Bob. I'll never forget. I don't know if he's still there or not. But oh it was yeah. Bob. And it was, and Jason. Those were the two texts. And we were. This was this was the first night you met Shelby face to face. Same year. Same year. I'm talking about when her and I went to Bill and Ted. And. We were at Duff Gardens, and we already knew. It's like we were there with Karen and her at the time fiance, and we all we already. I mean, the express pass is, was like encoded in our DNA at that point, and right. we were we knew we were going to get Shelby one. We just weren't going to tell her, and we we're. I guess I don't know why we didn't just go ahead and get it. Maybe we we're just making sure she was coming because you know, and not saying she wouldn't have came. You just you never know when life gets in the way. So once she did exactly. arrive. It was up to me to go to get the express pass. And I walked up to the, the, the and anyone that's gone to Deaf Garden, stay in the screen, knows the first thing you, well, there's two people you pass. You get your thing scanned, and then you get a guy with the, the asking you where you live and what your zip code is. <laughs> and then, hmm. and then you get the um, express uh, a chance to buy an express pass. Uh, the opportunity, to, uh, I, I love my, my, I don't know where the hell that positivity came from. Instead of someone soliciting you, I actually <laughs> called it an opportunity to buy an express pass. Uh, it's, I've been trying, I've been talking to my crew during this whole COVID thing, trying to spin everything positive. That's where that just came from. But anyway, um, so we, we, I mean, that's where I was intending to go get it, which was, you know, 40 feet away. Why wouldn't I? They're rolling that whole cart away by the time I decide to do that. I'm like, okay, shit. So I was like, I'll just keep going forward because I'm going to run into one because you run into a billion of them during the event. Well, apparently a billion of them aren't out until the event goes on because I walked the entire (laughs) 
half perimeter of the park until I got back to the very front. And I went to the Express Pass stand that everyone that's ever been to Universal Studios sees. It's that damn teal box. It's been there <laughs> since 1937, even though the park opened 30 years ago. It's, it has the, the um, <laughs> same damn umbrella on it. And they uh, just built around <laughs> it, right? Exactly, yeah. That was there first. That was there before they broke ground. Yes, you're right. So <laughs> I stopped there. And I bought the I bought it for her. And I was like, great. But I was like, okay, now I literally have I don't know, four minutes to get to Duff Gardens, which even in my prime is a bit of a stretch to get to. And I'm hoofing it without running because I don't want eight hundred right. um team members yelling at me to stop running. I get <laughs> I think it's almost the halfway point. I get to the halfway point and there's a broadcast studio and there's Jason and Bob standing outside and they're like, Hey, and they stop me. And I'm like, I, I can't stop. I was like, I don't want to be, I don't want to be rude, but I have to go. So I, but it, you know me, you know me as well as anybody else on this show tonight. I, I couldn't be rude, but I was, uh, it's like, I, I was probably already pouring down sweat from hoofing it. Now I'm pouring down sweat from the stress of not getting back in time. And I got away from them. I got my scan in probably seconds before they're closing the thing. And I remember just slapping down the express pass in front of Shelby and saying nothing because I was completely winded in about 200 degrees. Yep. <laughs> I remember that because you were texting me going, <laughs> yeah. God damn it. God damn it. And I basically all I'm getting every 30 seconds is like, God damn it. <laughs> and Shelby's like, where did Matt go? And I'm like, oh, I don't know. Cause, cause we didn't, we wanted to surprise her with it. Yeah, exactly. Like, oh, I don't know. And, and we just kept talking and, and because it was the first time I'd met Shelby, it was, it was easy to keep her distracted. You know, we'd, we'd been talking online for a long time and, and it was, it was fun to finally just get to meet face to face. And then, you come up huffing and puffing and just slap the thing down. And you're like, <laughs> and I'm like, I think my response was, do you need a beer? Yes. And that I, I'm, I, I don't know that, but I do know that for a fact. That's what it was. You know what I'm saying? It's like, I can't envision the exact moment, but I know that's what you said. Cause what else are you going to say in that situation? Right. Can I get you a beer? Yeah. <laughs> 10 years ago it would have been a cigarette, but this time it was a beer. It would have been. Yeah. <laughs> 